So I wonder, is God more concerned about your circumstances or your character? I think oftentimes we're more concerned about our circumstances than our character. And oftentimes we're not happy with our circumstances and we wonder why God doesn't just come in and fix it. But could it be that God is using our circumstances to try to develop our character and to develop our trust in him? And so maybe we shouldn't be looking at our circumstances as a negative thing, but rather a positive. How do you respond when things don't go according to your plan, your expectations, your dreams, your wishes? Changing circumstances when they're anything but what you'd like them to be. How do you respond? And as we think about Joseph, one minute he's a 17-year-old lad with all of his life ahead of him, dreams, hopes, expectations perhaps. The next instance he's a slave whose only prospect is a life of drudgery in a foreign land. How will Joseph respond to his circumstances? So this morning we're thinking about the highs and the lows of life. The good days and the not so good. And the first thing that we see for Joseph is that he comes into a time of prosperity. Although he's entering Egypt, Joseph is sold as a slave to Potiphar, one of Pharaoh's officials, The Bible tells us, we've heard it this morning, the Lord was with Joseph and he prospered. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and the Lord gave him strength in everything he did, Joseph found favour in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in his house and in the field. Joseph prospers. Why? Because the Lord was with him. The Lord had placed his hand upon Joseph. His circumstances, however, were not that great. He's still a slave, but the Lord was with him. And because the Lord was with him, he was blessed and prospered and Potiphar's household also prospered. So I think that the general thing we can learn straight up is that God's blessings are not not dependent upon favourable circumstances. Rather, his blessings are dependent upon our relationship with him. We can have the blessings and the prosperity that comes from God by being faithful wherever we are because that's what Joseph was doing. He was being faithful to his God regardless of his circumstances. Don't think that your circumstances have to be good for you to enjoy life or for you to enjoy God. Your circumstances don't have to be good. Oftentimes, however, I think people forfeit God's best because they're discontent and they focus on that, their discontentment. 
They think that they, they don't receive the blessing of God because their circumstances aren't what they'd like. But the proportion of blessing that you receive, I believe, is proportionate to the faithfulness, your faithfulness to God. God wants to prosper you wherever you are, but how faithful are you being to him? And I shouldn't have to stress this point that this may not mean in your personal finances. Prosperity is not all about finance. Prosperity and blessing from the Lord come in many different ways. It's not always assigned or measured by a dollar sign. Joseph was blessed of the Lord because of his relationship with the Lord. He's still a slave. He's not earning big money, but he prospers. He found favour in Potiphar's eyes and he was given oversight over everything that Potiphar owned and therefore he had relative freedom. As a slave, he had relative freedom. I think the key for us then is seeing and knowing and appreciating God wherever we are, whatever our circumstances. Seeing and knowing and appreciating God. You must not hear the lie of the devil that God must have taken his hands off us if things in life aren't going according to our plan. It's a lie from the evil one. God is with you. Keep close to him. Realise afresh how blessed you are. Count your blessings day by day and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. And so for Joseph in this strange land and learning a new language and everything, a new culture, a strange land that's not his home, Joseph rises to a very significant position When Potiphar saw that the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success, Joseph found favour in Potiphar's eyes. And although Potiphar worshipped other gods, he saw the blessing of God Almighty was on Joseph. And so Joseph must have been living a transparent life for Potiphar to realise that God Almighty had his hand upon Joseph. We mustn't be afraid to be transparent with our faith. Joseph was obviously living a transparent life with his faith in God and Potiphar saw that. We mustn't be afraid to be transparent about our faith in Jesus. And I think that's partly why God blessed Joseph the way he did. He was honouring God. God was honouring him. Just like Joseph, to grow in our spiritual maturity, we must make ongoing personal choices that allow us to line up with God's word. That leads to the development of of his character within us. Like Joseph, we also live lives that honour God, then he will honour us. And his promise is to do that. 1 Samuel 2.30, God says, Those who honour me... I will honour. If you honour God, he will honour you. That's his promise. 
And Joseph shows us that through the nature of a servant rather than that of a slave. You know, a slave is, is one who does it begrudgingly. In the kingdom of God, the highest honour a person can gain is through being a servant. Jesus said, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant and whoever wants to be first must be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. There's no greater honour for you or I than to be the servant of Jesus Christ. No greater honour. And Joseph, he could have resented being taken from his homeland and then being forced to serve as a slave in a foreign land. He could have resented that. He could have dug in his heels and he, he could have thought, I'll find ways to make sure that you wish that you'd never taken me on as a slave. But he didn't. He served as one who was serving the Lord. He was transparent. He lived with integrity. He served well. And the Lord prospered him. And so I think the story of Joseph lines up well with what Jesus was saying. Whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, just as the Son of Man came not to be served but to serve. As we faithfully honour the Lord by serving him and those around about us, God will honour us. When we're living our lives serving our Lord, then our thoughts are no longer about seeing that justice is done and our thoughts are no longer about getting our own way, about what we would love or want in this life. Our attitude toward those we serve is driven by our love for the Lord. Our desire is to want to serve him. And I wonder whether Paul was thinking about Joseph when he wrote these words in Ephesians. Slaves, obey your earthly masters with respect and fear and with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. Obey them not only to win their favour when their eye is on you, but like slaves of Christ doing the will of God from your heart. Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not men, because you know that the Lord will reward everyone for whatever he does, whether he is slave or free. Paul was saying, don't resent the fact that you're a slave. Serve your master and serve him well. God rewards everyone for the good that they do. But like Joseph, this doesn't mean that we won't have trouble in life, that we won't come into times of temptation. This too is part of dealing with life circumstances. And the next part of Joseph's story is, is so much more than a story of sexual intrigue. It's the story of, really, the story of the clash of two cultures or two standards of living. Joseph represents those who belong to God, those who 
whose lives are a reflection of his revealed truth and power. Those who are living under the lordship of Christ. Potiphar's wife, on the other hand, she represents those who see no uh, higher authority than themselves, who live only for the gratification of their own desires, those who live under the power of the flesh. This is the battle that's going on here. This is the drama that is played out in life every day. As the people of God, we're still called to live under the lordship of Christ. But we also find that we're living in a culture that is not only hostile to the things of God, but also intent on seducing us back to the flesh. Now Joseph, he was a handsome young lad. He's in the prime of his life. He's physically attractive, he's, he's well-built, says our reading. Potiphar's wife begins to notice how handsome he is and perhaps her marriage is not all that she hoped it to be, I don't know. But soon she makes her intentions known. She's longing for an affair with him. And no doubt as her invitation came to Joseph day after day after day, He could have easily justified that, well, being a warm-blooded, lonely man and on top of all of the misfortune that had occurred in his life, he could have easily justified it. But Joseph was a man of honour, a man of integrity, a man who sought to honour his God, our God. His love for God meant that he would always serve and honour God first. He'd seen how destructive unbridled passion could be in his own family. I encourage you to go back and read the story of Joseph's family. His father had four wives and that had caused great dysfunction in the home. His oldest half-brother had an affair that meant that he lost his birthright. His sister was raped And as a consequence, his half-brothers went on a killing spree. Now, this is somewhat of a dysfunctional family, wouldn't you think? Joseph, however, exclaims, how can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? He's a man of honour and he refuses Potiphar's wife at every turn. Now, some Christians feel a sense of guilt because they've been tempted and they've equated temptation with sin. It's not sin to be tempted. The sin is in yielding to temptation because even Jesus was tempted, but he didn't give in to it. He didn't yield to it. According to Hebrews 4.15, he was without sin. Temptation is a sign that we live in a fallen world and it's not temptation that matters but how we respond to it. How are you responding to temptation at the moment? As I mentioned, Joseph, he grew up in a dysfunctional family but he doesn't 
He doesn't want to follow the example that's been set before him. We too can learn much from our upbringing. You can look back at at your upbringing and you can learn much from it. We We should make conscious decisions about the things that we want to accept as good and those things that we want to emulate and those things that we don't want to take into our future relationships. There are some things that we need to have settled in our own minds and declare that we will not accept. And I think Joseph had done just that. He'd seen how destructive his family relationships had been. He'd made up in his own mind that he would not surrender to his passions. And of course, this is the best way to resist temptation. Joseph simply refused. Day after day, he refused. He pointed out the sacredness of marriage and he he withdrew from Potiphar's wife's presence as much as he could. Verse 10 says that he wouldn't even be with her if he could help it. He's a man of honour, integrity. He wants to honour God, he wants to honour his master, he wants to honour Potiphar's wife. Joseph, as a man of honour, if, if you want to avoid temptation and possible sin, then stay away. Stay away from the places, the people, the things that you know entice you. The things that you know that the devil, he has a bit of a, a foothold in there. Stay away from those places or people, those things. Trust that when we're confronted by temptation, we too will be people of honour. Honouring God, honouring ourselves, honouring others around us. But as the story unfolds, there came a day when no one else was around. Potiphar's wife grabs Joseph's garment And his first reaction is to flee. And unfortunately, he left his garment behind. In an act of self-protection and, I think, revenge, because she's been constantly refused, she screams out that Joseph has tried to seduce her. And when Potiphar hears of this, he becomes so angry that he throws Joseph into prison. Joseph, for doing the very right thing, is cast into prison. He's unjustly slandered, falsely accused, imprisoned. And we might think that obedience to God should always bring success, should always bring prosperity. But surely Joseph's imprisonment should cause us to rethink that success formula. Obedience doesn't necessarily shield us from all pain and unjust treatment. Did obedience shield Jesus from unjust treatment and pain? Consider the Christians living in Ukraine at the moment. The sin that is so rampant in our world 
has its way, but God is still with us. God is still with us and he will never leave us. Good people don't always appear to win in this world, but the good of God always does. For we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, those who have been called according to his purpose. So it would have been so easy for Joseph at this point to give up in despair. Joseph has been unjustly imprisoned, in fact imprisoned for doing the right thing. But Joseph, he'd been in a similar place before. All had looked lost. But he knew God and he knew that God would look after him, that God was with him. God would sustain him. You see, when God is the most important one in your life, then your circumstances matter little. When God is the most important one in your life, your circumstances matter very little. God's not so concerned about our circumstances, but our response to them. And you may also feel like you are imprisoned. Imprisoned by your circumstances. Imprisoned by poor health, little finance. Imprisoned by expectations from others. Imprisoned by unforgiveness or guilt. Many of us are walking around with a load of guilt from things that may have happened years ago. You may be imprisoned by sin and have not sought yet to repent and ask God's forgiveness. I encourage you to do that. God wants you to know prosperity in spite of your circumstances. I'm going to invite the band to just come back up. But I wonder for the rest, have you identified with Joseph this morning? Prosperity? Significance, favourable relationships, being tempted, being slandered, feeling imprisoned. Whatever your circumstances, serve the Lord and honour him. You honour him, he will honour you. So please be encouraged this morning. If the Lord is the sovereign God, and he is, isn't he? Is he the sovereign God? And as he has led you to this point in your life, surely he will give you what you need right now, not just to cope, not just to see it through, but to live abundantly for him and to bring him glory. I hope that you can agree with Paul when Paul said that he could handle all things through Christ who strengthened him. Trust you can agree with that that statement. We can handle all things. The word in that verse, I can do all things, is actually the Greek word handle. I can handle all things through Christ who strengthens me. With God's help, you can glorify God regardless of your circumstances. With God's help, you not only cope but you can shine for Jesus. And we sang that in that last song.
Shine for Jesus. And so we go into this week that lies ahead, ready to live lives of honour, glorifying our God, God-centred worship. So let's stand and do just that. Sing to him and commit ourselves to worshipping him with our lives. Let's stand and sing.